The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now you are an NBA champion, Nicola. How does that feel? It's good. It's good. The job is done. We can go home now. <laughs> you said after the Lakers win, you said you were surprised that you didn't feel more. So I'm curious what you are feeling right now and if you're looking forward to a parade coming up in Denver. When is parade? When is parade? Thursday. No. <laughs> I need to go home. <laughs> Novak just won the French Open. You just won the finals MVP and the championship. Is this the greatest era of Serbian athletes? Gotta be. Ah, congratulations. I'm gonna see it if he's testing me, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, oh, mom, my How many texts do you have? Nick? A lot, a lot. I know, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna turn off the phone. Telling them uh, all the way through training camp, the whole season, that you know, we can, we can do this, um, and just believe in ourselves and each other. I know. It's really nice speaking. It's my turn. Good job. You want to? I guess I'm going, y'all. <laughs> Give a round of applause for Casey. <laughs> I thought Man, he was it's fun. great to see. I was gonna I say it it's fun. just great to see. Yeah. <laughs> He's fun. It, it's great to see, isn't it, Mike? Hey, hey welcome to Brother from Another, everybody. Uh, this is our watch party today. Watch party vibes. Denver Nuggets, NBA champions, and Mike. They won it with the efficiency of a Jokic interview, of a Jokic walk-off interview. Job is done. It's time to go home. The efficiency of the parades. When's the parade? When's the parade? Thursday? I got to go home. I mean, they were a team that just sliced through these playoffs, and it's a different day. It's a different day than when Moses Malone said, fo, fo, fo. That tells you not many rounds of playoffs. They got a bye. If I'm not mistaken, in 1983, there was actually a bye in the first round. And then they had uh, semifinals, conference finals, and NBA NBA finals. So that hence the faux faux faux. But this team played 20 postseason games, Michael Smith. Won 16 of them. Weren't really challenged seriously throughout these playoffs. They they were they had some adversity, I guess some adversity in quotes. Tied 2-2 with Phoenix, wiped them out in the next two games. Tied 1-1 with Miami, wiped them out the next three games. And we saw a historic performance from Nikola Jokic. Man, I'm just happy. I'm just happy. As, as your grandfather might have uh, said in one of his sermons, my soul is happy. They shouted me. The, the, the Denver Nuggets shouted me, not just last night, but throughout this postseason I'm wondering what you saw. I'm not talking about dynasties yet. I'm just talking about what I saw yeah, in these five we'll in games. And these tw- actually in these we'll, 20 games. In these 20 games. Yeah. We'll, we'll stay in the moment, and, and then we could be prisoners in the moment. Uh, but in terms of staying in the moment, yeah, I have the same feeling. 
A lot of people often ask me this question. I'm sure you get it a lot. What's your favorite team? Like, who do you root for? And I often say, like, when I came into the business, it was not as acceptable nor trendy to just be a fan in mainstream media. Like, we had to be objective, uh, unbiased, impartial, and neutral in order to have credible coverage and credible commentary. We couldn't be seen as an extension of the fan base. That Somewhere along the right. line, that changed. And now you can that be a media and be a fan. That, right. We don't they, roll, they don't like, roll like that no more, though. Yeah, it's like you almost got to be a fan nowadays to be relevant in some extent. So we, you and I are old school in that right. regard. I say all that to say that I, my answer to the question of who do you root for is always I root for the story. I root for the story. I root for good, who appear to be good people, and I root for the story. And the Nuggets are such a great story. Obviously, the first championship in franchise history. Um, But even just individually, we've talked, and a lot of people have talked ad nauseum about them going the old school route and taking the long road and suffering some setbacks and suffering some heartache and some disappointment and learning how to win before finally breaking through. But for me, I, I, I can't help but be tickled even though I'm still not laughing, I'm actually still pissed. But I'm, 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 I laugh mm. at the Joker getting the last laugh because of the laughably ridiculous commentary that accompanied the MVP conversation this season. I'm still not over that. I'm still not over mm. that because it went into such a dark, destructive, dysfunctional place as most things on social media do when it came to the merit or lack thereof of Nikola Jokic as a then possibly three-time MVP. So yeah. again, you know how much it bothers me that people conflate regular season and postseason. And so because he hadn't gone to the finals and hadn't won a championship as if Joel Embiid had, uh, he was not worthy of doing something that mm-hmm. Bird and Russell and other greats throughout NBA history had done because of what Nikola Jokic had not yet done. Let me emphasize, had not yet done in his career, which was winning an NBA championship. So therefore, he was unworthy of being in the same breath as these all-time greats who had won three MVPs to say nothing of three straight MVPs, I beg your pardon, to say nothing of the people who had not won three straight MVPs, a la LeBron James and Michael Jordan, okay? So all Nikola Jokic does is become the, is do something that none of them have ever done, which is go and lead the entire postseason in points, Love rebounds, and assists, have 10 triple doubles in the postseason, have a 30-20-10 finals game, have 25 or more points on 75% shooting in a finals closeout game. Nobody had ever done that, okay? So for him to have this run and to, and to, and to get the award, Michael, to bring it all the way full circle for me and you, to get the very yeah. award that you have argued is more prestigious than the one that people were arguing about, which is yes. the regular season MVP. You yes. have argued that the finals MVP, now named for the aforementioned Bill Russell, is more prestigious. And the reason why that argument is legitimate, even though I disagree, is because that trophy <laughs> comes with the ceremonial title of best player in the world. Best player in the world. So best now, player in the world. that guy who so many people look to discredit this year, 
because maybe they didn't uh, maybe they didn't appreciate his aesthetics or lack thereof or shit. Maybe they weren't watching Nuggets games, or maybe it was an or maybe or maybe it was an anti analytics movement. Or race was even injected to this. And I'm not saying race. I talked about this earlier today. Race has a part has something to do with everything in American society. And basketball is no exception. But that dude, that dude right there, that is Larry Bird playing center. And once upon a time, once upon a time, Michael, with Larry Bird, there are plenty of people. Robin Harris had a joke about this. He said he said in more better blues. He'd be like, oh, all Larry Bird got is report and shit. That's all he need. You know, it's like people try to discredit Larry Bird as some great white hope until he became yeah. the best player in arguably the most difficult decade in NBA history in the 1980s, right? We saw right, it with Stephen right. Curry. And there's parallels with Stephen Curry and Nikola Jokic as well. With Stephen Curry. Oh, how dare Stephen Curry be the first unanimous MVP in history? Oh, it's because he light skin. Remember that bullshit? It's because he oh, light skin. Oh. Now, I know. where is Steph Curry now? You know, in the top 10, if not more, or not better, of all-time NBA players. But 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 it had to be something nefarious going on for him to be a unanimous MVP. And like Steph, and, 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 but, and now here's Nikola Jokic showing, validating, not that he needed to, but validating these two straight MVPs. Okay, showing he's not a great white hype. He, or not a great white uh, hype, but legitimately... Uh, 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 all st- uh, one of all-time great centers, if not players in NBA history, but not just a bunch of hype being propped up because of his skin tone, okay? But much like Steph Curry, with Steph Curry, he was always, long ago, not always, but long ago, cemented as the greatest shooter in NBA history. They came a point where it was like, oh, no, no, we got to take that qualifier out, even though he's still that, because obviously shooting is a big part of what makes him him. And it's a big part of basketball, obviously. But it's like, hey, Steph Curry, we don't have to limit him to greatest shooter. Long ago, Nikola Jokic was recognized as the best passing big man in NBA history. And after this postseason, there are plenty of people right now talking about the fact that, hey, we need to take that qualifier off as well. Where is he among the greatest big men in NBA history? I'm not saying he's Russell. I ain't saying he's Will. I ain't saying he's Shaq. And I ain't saying he is Akeem Olajuwon. What I am saying is he ain't done. He and that team, as we teased yesterday, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. They're not done. They're yeah. just getting started. Hi, Nat. We're just getting started. How are you, Nat? What's up? What's up, Natalie? Just here taking in the conversation. How are y'all doing? Uh, oh, God. Hey, Great. Hey, hey, Man, I must have been feelings. going. I, I'm sorry. I must have been oh, going because, wait, damn. Oh, I said Gary Brick. I said no, Gary Brick no, 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 at about you. 312. I said, bring it in about 312. I was like, oh, wow. I must have been going for a long time. Sorry about that. No, you were not not boring at all. You were preaching, and I was just listening. It was interesting. Definitely. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, but I I, I sense uh, some disagreement. When when people say it's interesting, like, hey, Mike, Back in the day, you ever hear oh, this? I read your article. People, I read your article. Yeah, yeah. They stop. They stop. Oh, hey, I watched your show. Oh, your, uh, <laughs> read your column. And, <laughs> I mean, you're like, yeah, I heard you. I heard you. Yeah, yeah, you were doing it. Yeah, yeah. Natalie, what do you think? Because you said it's interesting. I think there's some disagreement there. Where's the disagreement? No, so here's the thing, right? This is this kind of goes against everything I believe in because even Warriors fans have been annoying me, Lakers fans. Like, 
they all keep trying to talk about their teams right now while the the Denver Nuggets have won. And this is something that used to annoy me when the Warriors won. It's like they won. Let mm. them enjoy their championship. And it's their mm-hmm. time to enjoy it. So um, I don't really like to like, you know, they should be getting their flowers right now. Jokic, Malone, Murray, everyone. So it should be about celebrating them. But I'm also not a phony person. So if you're asking me my opinion and what I think, I'm going to state it. And I'm just a little tired of all of the Jokic people who are trying to like turn this into some uh oh yes like he proved everyone wrong like there were people just being disingenuous on both sides of this so i'm only speaking for natalie myself because i can't speak for the masses but in no point ever did i say or think Jokic was not a great player okay i think he's an exceptional Mm -hmm. player and i will say this again i personally and I have proof that I have turned people into Jokic fans. I was on that train very early when people were still talking about AD being the best big man in the league. I was like, y'all are crazy. Get on the Jokic train, right? So in no way am I a Jokic like against him, but I'm just a believer. And I know you guys are too, but in this case, I think many things can be true. And so I'm listening to everything you're saying, Mike. And when you acknowledge like race plays a part in everything, like I, on this very show, When I first came on, the very first time you guys had me on, I said, I think some of the pushback to Jokic is because he's white. Likewise, it's very similar to Larry, like you said. Larry Bird can also be great, and there could have also been a great white hope syndrome with him. And I do think there was a little bit of that with Jokic. I'm not saying it was the primary motivator, but I think that's real. And I'm not sure why that had to be so dismissed and be described as negative and toxic. Because because it was. Because it was used negatively it's it's one thing to but not for everybody some, not for everybody you know well, but okay, the, this, well, well maybe this doesn't this doesn't apply to you then all right that's but, fair. But maybe, maybe this doesn't but, apply to you but we could have addressed those arguments and de- debunked the foolishness and then had just like a real conversation around it you know that's all i'm well, saying okay that second part that second part you said that to me and i'm not trying to overstate this is one of the reasons why nba twitter is great and it's awful because basketball is, is uniquely fosters an environment right for asinine conversation. Okay, it's, it's something about <laughs> basketball that just that just people just have dumbass takes when it comes to basketball. And so this may not apply to you, Natalie. But what no, I'm saying no, is, no, that no, it there's something be- about no. It's not basketball. It's Twitter. <laughs> it's well, well the combination. It's the Twitter. combination. Right. But Natalie, the right, second part that you said. But there were people like me. But there were people like me. Like I came on this so show. Usually, I, had like tweet threads and I would always try to break this down and I know Twitter is not the place for nuance but I still try to do that because that's just like the lawyer in me so that's so why I'm that's what I'm saying person. right so, so that's usually, what I'm saying. I personally get aggravated because I'm just like okay but that's not what everybody was saying and I don't think like these all these arguments should just be dismissed because I think was, they're go ahead no go ahead finish it off I was, there's this there's this like subset of like Denver Nuggets fan because Denver Nuggets like I don't dislike that team at all I don't dislike their fan base they are such a great story I think they're great but there's a portion of the Denver Nuggets fans and it may not be Denver Nuggets it might be like Jokic fans but they're very similar to and if you guys know like people will know what I'm talking about but they're very similar to like Bernie Sanders supporters right like who can be very progressive and also be a little racist, right? A lot of them turned into Donald Trump fans. And there were a lot of them. And I know because they called me all kinds of comments in the BFA mm. comment, 
and they would do it on mm. Twitter. And so when I say race yeah, but- is at play and the arguments mm-hmm. that are people making, I'm just saying it's on both sides. But I was never saying that that was the sole reason. So for this isn't about you. So, so, so that's no, it's not. But, I, but, 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 but what I'm saying is there were people making arguments like me. I know the loud voices get heard, but there were some making they those do. arguments. That's and the moment they were raised, they just I didn't got just say, I didn't just no, I say race. I said analytics. I said there was a there was a oh you nerds always telling me about numbers. Okay, that crowd has been going has been loud and proud for years. For that sure. the people who supported Nikola Jokic were nothing but stat geeks and stat nerds. And from a race standpoint, yes, there is that two things can be true. Multiple things can be true. Okay? But this the great white hype or great white hope syndrome is typically applicable when you're talking about somebody who's not very good and being propped up. Nikola Jokic, black, white, or other, was, ever, what if he's just better than Joel Embiid? What if he was just better than this year? But that was oftentimes dismissed because yeah. of this notion that he was being given something that he didn't deserve. And that's what turned people like me off. It might not be from you, Natalie. It might not be from you. But that's where this conversation turned. It took that dark turn. And I love to kind of like get back into the present if we could. I don't want to cut you off. And I appreciate you representing yourself on this. But I'm saying you may be in in that, like you said, that kind of like silent minority that brought some nuance to it. Because this was not a nuanced conversation. This was, oh, y'all just want to give him something that, not you, y'all just want to give him something LeBron ain't ever had and Jordan ever had because he white. And listen, I'm never going to say race doesn't permeate every sector of society. But Nikola Jokic is also a bad mofo. He is. And I actually thought the Steph comparison you made was great because obviously as someone who is fluent in Steph Steph and the Warriors. You lived through that. Like, I always make, I, I used to make that argument, but the same thing I would also say, because people were like, Natalie, what would you say if this was Steph? And I'm like, yo, Steph is great. And I used to hate the light skin argument, but there was also truth in the fact that there is a light skin privilege and we know that. And so all I'm saying is like, these conversations are nuanced and people just debunk them on all sides. So, and and, and I don't like that point. But, but, if, you, but, if, but, if, but if you're okay with yeah. the nuance, but if, you, but if you're gonna point out nuance, sorry, Michael, if you're gonna point out nuance, like you yeah. said, point it out on both sides because you can't say it's nuanced, so therefore it's legitimate. But when I say, yeah, it's nuanced and it doesn't apply in this instance, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, that it's not applicable to one of the greatest point guards you've ever seen that that he, like, as if everybody got with Steph Curry, as if everybody sat down and said, yo, dog, we finally got a light-skinned one. Let's everybody vote for him. Like, there was no collusion involved. Or like when Nikola Yoke is like, yo, dog, we finally got a white player. No, this is about Steve Nash. Yeah, the thing is about- always overt, Michael. That kind of stuff is sometimes it's implicit, right, in our conscious. So yeah, when yeah, you I don't, say- I don't, Right. Natalie, but respectfully, I don't need I don't I don't need a CRT co- course. OK, I'm telling you that in this instance, <laughs> that in this instance, Nikola Jokic, some people used it to discredit him. They did. It was, it, and it, I it, agree it, with that. That's all I'm saying. Then we on the same page. Well, we on the same we page. But I was saying, but, 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 Go ahead, Mike. But, 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 we, but what we talk about, but we talk about dismissing the argument. OK, those arguments shouldn't be dismissed. Okay, maybe I'm guilty of it. I don't dismiss the arguments of those who are going to the extremes. I guess I just want to isolate them. I want to silence them. I want to put them in a let's why don't you go in a, one of these zoom rooms, one of these smaller zoom rooms 
because those loud voices usually wind up railroading, sidetracking, undermining the nuanced, smarter conversation because they're not capable. Some of these people are not capable or if they're capable, they have no interest in the nuanced take on it. It's, it's either this or that. And when we get to the this or that, that's when we get to that dark place that Michael talked about that everybody heard. Jokic admitted, yes, I heard it. Michael Malone talked about it during the Western Conference Finals. He talked about it during the NBA Finals. He talked about it last night. Hey, hope y'all know this is real. The triple-doubles are real. It's not analytics. It's not on paper. Everybody heard this thing, and it's too bad because it took more focus than necessary off the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird uh, of, of the 21st century, and that is Nikola Jokic and his game. Well, I think Jokic is great. And like, just to bring it back to the present, like Mike asked, I think that I, I, I think that he had an MVP level season. Absolutely. I also think that Joel Embiid met the criteria to be MVP. And I don't feel like everything that Jokic has done this postseason needs to relitigate that MVP. Like, I think largely some of the arguments are being conflated. And for me, I don't think there's anything wrong. And I know I think we're going to get to this later in the show. But I think what many people were asking was to hold Jokic to the standard that we hold other superstars to, right? He got two MVPs. Now we want to see some... make a right, though, Nat. Because I, I, I think that's revisionist history. Because what I'm saying is... A lot, so if we take, let's take race out of it. Let's take analytics out of it. It was, what has he done in the postseason? No, and not... You and, no, you and I, I'm not it talking... Was, Okay, fine. But it was. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I what keep is, hearing what you guys say the playoffs. Season? And it what wasn't. What has he done in the postseason? But I it, ulti- it ultimately, it ultimately comes down to, do you have a ring? Let's, let's just like conference finals don't matter. Okay, like nobody's giving you trophies for conference final appearances. Right. It came right. down to what he he has not done anything in the postseason to right. speak of, in okay. spite of the circumstances around him and his team. Okay, so if you want to take out the race race aspect that cropped up, if you want to take out the anti analytics movement that cropped up, it was a lot of looking at him and saying he can't be this because his team hasn't done that yet. And so there is some validation at work here because the same brilliant player finally had a healthy Jamal Murray, which, by the way, that was the only other thing I wanted to get to in this segment was Jamal, you want to talk about, you know, speaking to your soul, Michael, Jamal Murray had me in tears last night. Just what that kid has been through and what he's come back from to be on this stage and perform the way that he did. So now there's a complete team with Jokic doing the same thing, being the same player, and people now look at him differently. So yes, there is some validation involved here, Natalie, and that is the nature of this sport. Whether it was Steph, it's, think about, I'll bring back the stuff for you. Remember what a joke it was? Oh, well, he doesn't have a finals MVP. Come on now. Right. But, and but yet, what's, what's, there what's wasn't... Wrong with, what's wrong with holding Jokic to that standard if we do it for every other star? Like, I just think people are saying, like, let's see you do it. And I don't think he was the first person that that was done to, but I felt like that's often I don't mind him. I don't mind him being held to that standard. I mind... It was done to others. Like, it's not but that doesn't mean it's a good. But that doesn't mean it's proper. And we can leave it here because right. you and I disagree about how much the regular season should bleed into the postseason when it comes to MVP conversations. I think we have that fundamental disconnect on that. But because we do it, everybody else doesn't mean we should. If you're the best player in the regular, if, if Embiid was the best player in the regular season, fine. He, there's an argument for him. But my issue was where it was 
things like analytics or race or the postseason that was used to discredit Nikola Jokic. And now there are a lot of people, maybe not you, but there are a lot of people who do have to eat their words, who do who do have some some explaining to do about those freezing cold takes. You want to stick around for Kurt Healing? You want to stay with us? Kurt's my buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Kurt is Kurt in Denver or is he by his pool? (laughs) We gonna find out. Or is he with his? Or is he in Nikola Jokic's horses? In in Denver by a pool. How about that? Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Pat Riley uh, said something many years ago. I used to have it up on my board when I was a head coach in Sacramento, and I talked about the evolution uh, in this game and how you go from a nobody to an upstart, and you go from an upstart to a winner, and a winner to a contender, and a contender to a champion. And the last step is after you're a champion is to be a dynasty. So we're not satisfied. We accomplished something this franchise has never done before, but we have a lot of young, talented players in that locker room. And I think we just showed through 16 playoff wins um, what we're capable of on the biggest stage in the world. Kurt, you know what I really appreciated was how they immediately just went there. It was Pat Riley like, yeah, we're going to do it again. Like it was like they immediately went to like, we want to be back here and their core is coming back. They're able to running back. They obviously have two young stars or superstars. Uh, in their primes at uh, 28 and 26, I believe, Jokic and Murray are respect- respectively. Um, so I was hesitant yesterday, Kurt, to, to say the dynasty word, to speak the D word, but it seems like that's the discussion today is whether or not Denver is poised to be a dynasty. I was reluctant because I did not want to do a disservice or discredit how hard that is. But it does seem like they're on the precipice of, 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 of being here for a while. Yeah, they're completely set up for it, aren't they? Like you said, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is 24. They also, all five of those starters are back next year, and four of them, KCP's got a player option. Four of them are locked up beyond that, and they made dynastic moves, right? Like they drafted Christian Brown, who had a role in this, but they just traded their 2029 pick to get picks in the next couple of drafts just so they can keep adding young, inexpensive pieces, which is what you're going to have to do under the new CBA. I think they're set up. I think... You guys like this Denver background. You better get used to it because I think, you know, three out of the next five finals, four out of the next six could easily be here if they can just stay healthy. They've got it. Everything else locked down. Well, but don't we have to uh, you say six, four out of the next six. See, that's a lot because the game's going to have to change a little bit when that new as the Warriors as the Warriors fan giggles. 
I like that face just screams. The Warriors ain't done yet. The Warriors ain't go ahead, Michael. But I'm not even talking about the Warriors, though. I'm not even talking about the Warriors. I'm just talking about financially, Kurt. Yeah, I know they're locked up, but are they going to be able to do that and pay, you know, that second apron and paying that luxury tax and, and uh, losing possibly losing draft picks if they don't get their financial house in order? I, wh- shouldn't we be thinking about the next year or two? And we can't go beyond that because that's a brave new world. We really haven't seen yeah. that yet. It, there's going to be unintended consequences, right? And we don't know what it's going to look like, not just for the Nuggets, but Milwaukee, they're getting old and very expensive this summer, right? With Brooke Lopez as a free agent. Uh, Natalie's certainly talked about it with the Warriors. Like, it's a dance to stay under that cap. That second apron might as well be a hard cap, honestly. The way it ties your hands, you can go over it for a year maybe, but you can't live there the way that they did, which was the intention of this. So it's going to be interesting to see, but I think that Denver is better set up and every other team you talk about taking them out in the West comes with an if. Natalie and her, her yeah. Warriors. Like, Everybody's old could, or not ready. But they're old. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. If the Phoenix Suns can get depth around Booker and Durant, if the you know Lakers can stay healthy, yada, yada. Everything else is an if. This team is set up to be that team for the next, I would say, five years at least. I think that they're capable of doing it. But, yeah, wow. we'll see. It's going to be so hard to put together yeah. – teams like this with Bruce Brown and KCP like that's going to be the hard pieces yeah. to get now. Now you got someone Yeah, well I have a question and then I had something. That apron it doesn't kick in to not that sec it, it's not until not this upcoming season, it's the following season, right? Am I it correct? Exists this it exists this season but the the real penalties don't kick in till not the 23 summer but the 24 right? Yeah, I my only hesitance is not really specifically about the Warriors. It was just a, a couple of years ago when the Bucks won that dynasty talk yeah. and their staff to do all yeah. this. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do the day after the championship. Exactly. <laughs> right. So that's why I'm laughing because I, I actually appreciate it yesterday, Michael, when you said like I'm not going to use that word because it's disrespectful to the teams have done who have done it, because it's very Hard. I mean, in fact, the Warriors mm-hmm. players themselves were sort of turned off by Joe Lacob just thinking he could replicate what he did with them because it is a hard, very hard thing to do. And so it's not just like, okay, yes, right now on paper, the Nuggets are set up to do well and hopefully make many, many postseason runs. But that's part of it, right? It's the attrition. They're new to going deep in the postseason and having to do that over and over and over again. That starts to take a toll on you, right? So there's, yeah. there's, and then there's just the yeah, other team. And you don't know what other teams are going to do and how they're going to, to, to what, what they're going to do, not just the Warriors, but other teams around the league. So when I just hear the dynasty talk, I think it's, I do think it's very premature. I do think it's disrespectful to the, the dynasty teams yeah. who have done it. And it's just, it's just the it way is. I am by nature. I am very like, let people do things before we start like it is, awarding them it stuff. Is very... And that's just how I operate. No, it is very it's much easy, more e- easily said than done. Sorry, Kurt, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's premature, but I think that they are set up on a path to it if they can if they can execute it. It's one thing to say that, and it's another thing to actually do it when it's going to be brutally yeah. difficult. And like you said, the new yeah. CBA makes things, Michael was right. I don't know what it's going to look like in three years. Nobody really does. So, 
uh, let's just stay with that theme, shall we? Uh, because we've gone from, uh, in some corners, uh, talk that Nikola Jokic might be overrated to now where does he rank among the great big men to ever play? That's how quickly things can change now that he is one of 11 players uh, joining uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Will Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Moses Malone, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, and Tim Duncan as players with two MVPs and a finals MVP. How should we properly, after this historic postseason run on the part of Nikola Jokic, Kurt, how should we properly rank uh, Jokic in, in the pantheon of great centers, great big men, great players, because we are contractually obligated to do that now that he is uh, the unofficial best player in the world. I think everybody you just mentioned on that list, though, did it over a really long stretch of time. And I think that that's what Jokic has left, right? It's one thing to do it for, look, he's had a great three-year run, um, and he could have a much longer run. I don't, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that as his athleticism fade, it's not going to affect his game like some other players. But it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. He's set up for this. But even Shaq had a, a longer peak. You've got to be able to do this for another three, four years before we can and, and win another ring or two before we start to really throw you in with. I'm not putting him up there with Duncan yet. Like, I'm not putting him up there with Shaq yet. He's He's got yeah. work to do to get to that level. But... But he's got—he's 28, man. Let, let's, he's, got a, he's got a great to, resume. To use Natalie's term, when, when he's 33, 34, this is an interesting conversation. I'm curious because I, I just really quickly, would you rank him or Giannis higher right now in terms of like all time based on what they've both accomplished so far? It's a really good mm. question. Um, I don't have to think about that. Yeah. I, I, I think because they got the same resume, Jokic right? Is, both you, two, yeah, sort of. Both one, five, yeah. The, I, I, I would probably put Jokic a little higher just because he's. I, I'm, we're going to refer to him forever as the best passing big man ever, and and frankly, that probably does a disservice to how good a passer is. He's like one of the best passers the game has ever seen. Where Giannis, greatest athlete the game has ever seen, but I'm not sure. Like, I don't want to diminish his skill set because we're like now nitpicking, but like his game is more based on athleticism where yeah. I kind of gravitate towards the skill guys. That's why magic has always been my favorite. Hey, Kirk, I just want to, I just want to throw this, tell you like, Wilt just contacted me from beyond the grave about that greatest athlete <laughs> the game has ever seen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, um, so uh, one other thing I want to hit with, with you guys um, is, is the future of the Miami heat two finals mm. losses in four years. Mike, have you seen these reports today about them going star hunting which, let's yeah, keep in mind, yeah. Tyler Hero wasn't with them since game one against the Bucks. Maybe the issue, Michael, and I'll, t- I'll give this to you before we go to Kurt and Natalie, because you got an interesting item in your feed about Jimmy and, and his finish. Yeah. But, you know, Kyrie Irving and heat culture, that feels weird. Reportedly, they went after him earlier this season or, you know, considered it. Maybe they circled back. Mike, you first, and then Kurt and Natalie, y'all follow Michael on. What, what did, where did the heat go from here, Michael? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a question, and I, I want to. Um, I I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it, because I think the the heat the, the heat culture thing they, it's been a long time. Think about it, when they've won championships, they've done it. When they've actually won championships, they did it with a I think a second year Dwayne Wade, second year guard forward Dwayne Wade, so young player, then they won their two 
with young players all in their primes, LeBron and Wade and Bosch. And so now we talk about this heat culture and going after Kyrie and is Dame interested? Dame I just Lillard, don't think yeah. that's their formula. Yeah. I don't think that's their, their formula. That And I don't know how they get that young guy uh, because they don't draft high enough for it. Somebody's going to have to make a really just stupid mistake or they somehow get themselves into the top five or top ten. But whatever name you mention, I think they are still going to wind up in the same spot. They, they've been in two finals, Michael, you said, and, and Kurt, you take it from here. They've been in two finals in four years. And in both of those finals, they lost to the Lakers in six games. In that game six, Jimmy Butler, a little silent. I think he had 12 points in game six in the bubble. And this one, ooh, that last minute, I think he would want that one back. So they really haven't been competitive. They've made it to the finals, Kurt, but it's hard to say they are this close to winning a championship. Yeah, by the way, he wouldn't talk about it. He would never own it. He, in fact, like refused to accept that this was an excuse, but that ankle was an issue. He did not have the same lift he had okay. against Milwaukee. Since I, that. I was so wondering like, why he was self-checked. He was, yeah. was self-checking late in the Celtics series and a lot of this one, a lot of driving and kicking, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think that that was it. I mean, it helps that the, that's a big front line. It's a huge Denver team and people ignore that, but that I think the ankle was an issue beyond that with the heat. I, I've heard the same things that they want to go, but they think they need another star and they can try to do this with Jimmy Butler. Um, Lillard's an Lillard's an obvious easy fit, but I hate talking about him because I don't think he leaves Portland. I think they want to keep him <laughs> guys. What about Bradley Beal? Would you, do you think he's, that a, he's the East coast? He's the East coast Damian Lillard. I think they both like being they both <laughs> like being talked to, they both like being talked about whether or not they're gonna leave more than they're gonna actually leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Natalie, yeah, you want the last one on this one? Yeah, I, I wouldn't go with Brad Bill. I don't know who it is. I do think they need another true star to pair with Jimmy. Um if Dame somehow becomes available, to me it would be Dame. I don't think Kyrie fits their culture. Um, I don't I don't I don't think Brad Bill is good enough because if you think about whoever they're going to go up against in the East or potentially the West, if it's a Brad Bill, even if it's a Dame Lillard and Jimmy Butler, none of them will be the best player on the court. If you're going up against the Nuggets, if you go up against the Warriors, the Lakers, um, the Bucks, one of those other teams will likely always have the best player on the floor. So he definitely needs a second co-star. Yeah. Hey, hey Kurt. Kurt Healing, you're a star. Kurt. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Oh, hey, go Kurt, ahead, Michael. Real quick, real quick, tell me. Hey, what what the hell are the officials thinking on that three pointer from from Butler when he kicked somebody in the hell. groin? I, um, I, I won't use the I, word I was going to use. Hell if I know. I will just say th- th- those of us on press row were like, well, are we. Re- I was looking at the guys on the press row, and I'm not going to name drop. We were all like, are you kidding me? Like, are we, like we wanted to actually ask the officials after the game, but then it was kind of moot and inappropriate because I don't see how they got there. That was weird. Oh, yeah. They were thinking uh, we need a game series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that. I was like, man, they better not cost Denver a championship on this. That was, I was just, Look, I was worried about eating out words from yesterday, Michael, because we were talking like it was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> Knowing good and well, well Miami wasn't going to lay down. We were right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And who's more entertaining? Jokic? Who's efficient and passes the ball and looks like one of those air flyer things outside of a car dealership? Or Joel Embiid, who's funny and engaging and scores more points? This was not complicated. I don't know one person outside of a bunch of people, perhaps somewhere in Eastern Europe, who are saying to themselves, let's cobble together some coins so we can see the Joker. No, the only Joker that people care about is Joaquin Phoenix and that terrible Joker movie that came out a couple years ago. They'd still rather watch that on DVD or Netflix or Disney Plus than go see the Joker now. He's not entertaining. He's not engaging. He's just a stat hog, and that's not interesting. Kevin Durant decided to throw some bows at, at the Eastern European air dancer, which is basically what he does. He flops like a soccer player, but at least Messi is an international champion, so I can tolerate his flopping or Mbappe. He's incredibly boring to watch, and I've compared him to Tim Duncan. I found Tim Duncan to be painful to watch. He was, he was the greatest player to ever watch in the U.S. What you got against good basketball? We can't kick you out yet. <laughs> just you just got here. I, 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 I'm starting to regret letting this in. <laughs> Four words for so, you, Doc. Are you not entertained? <sighs> are you not entertained? Come on now. Is this not why you are now. here? I am here. I am here to say. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. Congratulations to the Joker fans for him being the first NBA Finals MVP to make his way through three play-in teams. Quite the accomplishment. Three play-in teams. Great. Lakers, Heat, Timberwolves, all these play-in teams that they managed to beat. Great accomplishment. Wonderful accomplishment. He is still an air dancer. I still find his way of playing to be boring. But at the end of the Boy. day, they won a championship against a team that I knew they were going to beat. No one is surprised. Uh, like, like, what's wrong with why you? Why am I surprised? I Michael, that, why am I surprised that we didn't get some humility? I'm surprised, I mean, too. I thought we would get some humility. Some, some you know what? Yeah. After he's the first person to lead the entire postseason in points, rebounds, and assists. Shit, Jason, maybe more people should air dance or whatever you call it if that's what the result is going to be. How yeah. dare you come on here still you know talking shit? I mean, like, <laughs> look at, look, I mean, what more Le- do you need? LeBron James, LeBron James led an entire finals, right, in stats, points, sure assists, numbers. And he did that in a losing effort. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not moved by this. I'm not saying that the Joker is not a good player. He is an absolutely perfectly set. He's Panda Express. You know, if you just really want some Chinese food at the time, you'll eat it. It's not great. It's not something you're proud of. You can pretty much find it in any sort of remaining food court, and and it'll satisfy you. Is it something you're excited about? No. And that's what I think of Joker. But hey, he's a champion now. He's, he's part of that group of 11 who's got two MVPs and an MVP of the finals. Congratulations for him. We will see what happens next year when they're not playing a series of play-in teams and he might actually face somebody in the finals who is capable of providing defense. All right, real talk, real talk. How many minutes of the finals did you watch? Real talk. How, how, how much yeah. of the finals did you yeah. actually watch? 
Did you watch last I, night? I, I watched all of the finals. I watched all of the games in entirety except for game two. I missed like the first half of game two. Every other finals game I watched. I watched all last but night. I, Michael, I, watched, Michael, I watched the entire how, series. How do you say he's boring? Michael, how do you, how the, do you Michael, say that style is boring? Mike, that's the wrong question. First of all, you said Panda Express. My man is more like crustaceans. I know you've been there in Beverly Hills. But having said all of that, Michael, that is not the question, respectfully, Michael. And I think you'll agree with me. Because <laughs> you and I both know, given some of Jason's cultural critiques, that we could be watching the same thing. Jamie, and yet Jamie somehow, Fox, Mark Lawrence. You know, Mark exactly, Lawrence. exactly, exactly. Yet somehow find a way to hate on it. So I was relieved, Michael. I was very relieved when I got a That's text a from Jason saying that Spider-Man was incredible. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is incredible. And lo and behold, I went and saw it, and it was one of the best things I've seen in recent memory. Michael, would you concur? I would concur, but I will say this, because I got that same text from Doc Johnson. I'm going to tell you, like, because this is family, and, you know, I love you, Doc. So when I got that text, I said, wow, that's great. What an endorsement coming from you. Then I said, wait a minute. Do I want to see this movie? Right. Do I want to trust and this? Thing, if, he, if he loves it, wanna, like, if he yeah, loves I mean, it, some, yeah, right, right. I may not like it. I may not like clearly, it, but I'm telling you something. It was... I'm clearly he doesn't know the this, definition was, of entertainment. This is one of the best, <laughs> one of the best, one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. This movie's yeah. genius. It was genius. Really it was genius. And, and, and I will add, I will add, guys, and I, I don't remember if I had texted you, but the last time, you know, I'm, I'm talking Top Gun Maverick and fast movies and everything else yeah. like that. The last time I was in a theater when the movie ended and everybody spontaneously came, like stood up and clapped was ending. Yeah. Like I haven't been Endgame, in a theater yeah. where people yeah. responded to a movie the way they did yeah. with Across the Spider-Verse. It was amazing. I, I, yeah. I sat there just in perfect. my chair like I don't even know what I just saw. It was, it was that incredible. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like, yeah, like Nikola Jokic. It was, it was the Nikola Jokic of movies in 2023. It's like, you know what? Mm. That's just genius. Mm. Just genius. Just brilliant. Uh, like, <laughs> Yeah, but I want to. I want to ask. I want to ask two writers this. I want to ask two writers this because I do this with every, and my wife makes fun of me every time we watch whether whether it's a movie, a series, a show. I'm waiting around. I want to see who wrote the screenplay. So in this case, we got three writers on the screenplay, and I was just wondering, okay, how did they layer that in? Because this was a great script. It was witty. It had so many. If you go back and watch that a second or third time, you'll pick up things that you missed the first time because there was so much packed into it. I just want two writers to tell me what did you think of just from a dialogue standpoint, from a story standpoint, what stood out to you? So without without the spoilers, there were I can tell I, you. Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead Jay, you, got mine. you got it. You got oh, it. Guess I, there were moments in that in that movie where I honestly. It's almost like you weren't watching animation. When, when Miles mm-hmm. is in the room talking to his parents and expressing his frustration before he goes out the window, I was like, this this looks like live action. Um, the, yeah. the internal cultural jokes about the fact that Gwen, this white girl, keeps calling adults by their first name. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the references <laughs> to the fact that yeah. Miles just saying, like, I quit and, and outsmarting everybody. I mean, there were there were layers of writing to this movie that I'm shocked. There's a reason why they have three directors and one of them is African-American, because I think in order to get this level of depth on top of the technical complications 
of making a movie like this, getting the voices right. Look, I left this film thinking I would go watch an Indian Spider-Verse movie. I would go watch a Gwen spinoff. I, every single cultural reference and pop culture, there was a, a, a sight gag in that movie to the Spider-Man and his amazing friends cartoon where they teamed up with the X-Men. Like it was every single thing in that film actually made sense. And it wasn't fan service. It was quality writing. I, I've, I've never seen anything like it. I don't think you can make a lot of movies like that because you're not going to have that much goodwill to build up that sort of beauty in writing over four or five years. Yeah, I guess it's just the relationships for me, like the authenticity, when it, cultural authenticity when it comes to, um, you know, a, 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 a the, the family dynamic, really, not just for Miles Morales, but also for right. Gwen Stacy. Like, it was just, it felt like I was watching a, you know, uh, uh, just like a parenting class. Like, I, I found myself connecting yeah. oh, to, yeah. to Miles' parents, <laughs> not just because of some of those, like, moments of, like, oh, she uses first names, but not, not just that, but just Same even, age. like, you know, Same like, Mike, Mike, right, we got, but we got teenage children, Michael. It's like, so it's like right. managing teenagers. It's like, I, and I watched it with both my oldest kids, and I'm like, man, this was such a great family entertainment experience, Jason. Like, it was really, it was, it was true to... And you, uh, you tell us, like, it felt like it was very true to the, the Miles Morales character or has been true to the Miles Morales character in both iterations of, the, of, of Spider-Man, correct? I'll take, I'll take it one step further. It's better. And, and I say this with no insult to any of the people who, who, have, who have written the comic. You know, Miles Morales was created by Brian Bendis, um, you know, back to sort of take over after Peter Parker died. I have always felt like the Miles Morales comic has never really captured his personality. The video games do, and this movie does. This movie yeah. makes me see this 15-year-old kid. This movie makes me understand yeah. why he has this connection and, and he's feeling kind of lonely because he's going through being 15 and he's got superpowers and he connects with this yeah. young lady who's also got the same experience. It is better than the comic, and I don't think I can yeah. say that wow. about most presentations in the larger sort of cinematic universe. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> It does representation better than any film I can recall, like in terms of just like representing different cultures no and perspectives. It's incredible. But having said that, Michael, I meant to send this to you. Doc, did you see the article in The New Yorker about how the Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe? Yeah. What did you think of that? Because I, I just saw Guardians 3. I enjoyed it. Lately, Marvel has been sort of hit or miss. Um, so... How do you feel? How did you feel about the article's commentary that it might be kind of running its course? Everybody has been saying that about Marvel movies for like eight years. Okay, yeah. everybody wants to be at the head of proclaiming the end of something. I'm sure somebody wrote in the 1970s, we have finally seen the end of these campy science fiction films. And then Star Wars came out, right? I'm sure somebody yeah, right. in the 40s said, America is tired of World War II films and cowboy movies. And then Gunsmoke came out. You ain't gonna see the end of superhero movies anytime right. soon. And you're not gonna see the end of Marvel characters anytime soon because as the article points out and they don't wanna acknowledge and admit, in an IP-driven world, right, where studios, even though they're making billions, shout out to the writer's strike, studios don't want to take any risks, making products off of pre-established characters is going to remain the default for high-end action films. Guys, over the last 20 years, 
What kind of big budget action films have been made that don't include superheroes? The only other one you got is Fast and Furious, and that's basically a multicultural version of that cartoon mask we watched when we were kids. Yeah, I think the other thing, uh, Doc and, and Michael, is I, I think a lot of times critics, and I've, I've always said this about critics, sometimes critics just really overthink it and they don't put themselves in the mind or in the hearts of fans, of these, these passionate right. fans of All these the franchises. So, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so from a critical standpoint, maybe it's not checking all the boxes that you wanted to or you think, oh, this is not yeah. a great film. Uh, this, this will never be nominated for a film of the year or screenplay of the year. But the fans love it, and the fans hold them accountable. The fans will tell you, hey, this is authentic yeah. or not. This is good or not. Hey, do it again. They don't say stop doing it. They say do it better. And well, if and you want us to come back, do it better. Not only Well, and technically, just to be clear, and correct no. me if I'm wrong, Jason, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, this Miles Morales Spider-Verse iteration is not part of the MCU. Just because we don't want nobody yelling at us being like, hey, that, that ain't the same. That's not the same thing. Spider-Man is part of yeah. Mar- Marvel, but not, not these films. That's Tom Holland. But what I was going to say real yeah. quick, Jason, is, is just that for me, like nobody bats a thousand. And I think what the article does get right is, yes, there's a void without Robert Downey's Iron Man. There's a void without Chris Evans' Captain America. There's, a, you know, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, man, is, Hulk is still, is, is still involved. Um, you know, in She-Hulk or what have you, there's a void. And it, it has kind of like felt like it's stumbling a little bit with like Love and Thunder and a couple of other ones that I didn't really enjoy. But it's finding its way again, I think, with this new cast of characters. I'm looking forward to what is Secret Invasion? The Secret uh, with, uh, with Samuel L. Jackson, the yeah. Disney Plus series coming out? Yeah. Hey, man. Se- I didn't Secret know Invasion like looks good. Thunder. I think... Oh, Love and Thunder was okay. I, the Marvels, the Marvels looks great with the three Captain Marvels. I'm actually really excited yeah. about that because I, I thought yeah. the first Captain yeah. Marvel was just okay. But I think Brie yeah. Larson with two other people could actually make a decent film. The real question is going to be, and again, ain't none of these movies going to flop, right? Because they've got international audiences that want to watch them. The real question is going to be, when you reform the Avengers, first off, Marvel got to figure out what they're going to do with some problematic issues with leads at this particular point and certain news reports and ongoing legal cases. But if and when those, I mean, that that has a huge impact because going forward, what the, the, the sort of strategy has been is that since you don't have Chris Evans and you don't have Robert Downey Jr., these movies are more focused on who the bad guys are. And if Kang right. and Namor are mired in problematic behavior, we cannot judge. We don't know. We haven't gone through the whole legal right. process. I right. don't know that I right. think Anthony Mackie can yeah. carry an Avengers movie on his own. Because th- that that's two major, major, not, not to trivialize the real world issues, but in this fantasy world, that's two major setbacks. Because just on screen, Kang and Namor, both those villains crushed. They were perfect. Right, right. They were absolutely, because I, right. I, I, I enjoy yes. Quantumania. And you can't watch it the same now. Me too. Thank you, Jason. We'll work on See? your basketball See, taste. See, I liked the movie. It was the, it was the best Ant-Man movie they actually made. It was actually good. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
All right, the ladies are running this mother the rest of the week. Ashley and Nuggets fan Liv Moods are hosting tomorrow, Thursday, Nat and Chris Williamson. And then Friday, ladies first Friday is Nat and Zena. And because we told you we the blackest show in sports, you know what we ain't doing on Monday? Working Juneteenth. (laughs) We will see y'all on Tuesday. (laughs) We free, y'all. We free. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.